right, that was Train Kept a Rollin' All Night Long by Aerosmith, the best band in the world, in my opinion. It's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned into WBTV LP 99.3 FM. Once again, the name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Been a busy week, a lot going on. Y'all know my show by now. Been on for about two years. I was the first show ever to do a live over the airwaves locally, Burlington, Vermont. Myself and Bob the Rocker, who, as I understand, is going to be coming back on and joining us at WBTV LP 99.3 FM. But like I said, as you know, my show is about mostly classic rock music and. I talk about what's going on in the social media. And in this crazy world of ours, there's a lot going on, as we all know. If you all saw the Super Bowl last week, the New England Patriots against the Los Angeles Rams, final score was 13-3 to in favor of Tom Brady and company, the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, best quarterback in the world, He's broken every record there's ever been, pretty much. Now he has six Super Bowl rings that he's achieved. A lot of people say, well, you know, Louie, there's these other uh, NFL teams that have six or seven rings. Well, that may be so, but they achieved those seven rings through several different quarterbacks. All six of these rings that Tom Brady wears on his finger, he's achieved himself with the help of Coach Bill Belichick. And most of the times when he's achieved these Super Bowl wins, the best players on the teams have been injured. And Tom Brady had to win the Super Bowl working with basically rookies. But it's all through good coaching. Tom Brady, he knows what he's doing out there. A lot of times he doesn't have to listen to the speaker going off in his head telling him what to do. He practices constantly with his team, so we hear. He has certain plays for pretty much every member of the team. He doesn't just throw to one or two receivers. He pretty much throws to everybody. And it's a great deal of teamwork and effort that achieved these six different Super Bowl wins. This record here, they say, was the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history, 13-3. to It was almost a shutout. And that's about the only other goal that Tom Brady hasn't achieved yet, was a Super Bowl shutout. He's 41 years old. He said he's going to retire in 40 years when he's 45. So he's been in the last three Super Bowls, and he's won two of them. He won this year. He lost last year. He won the year before. So with four years remaining, chances are pretty good that he's going to be in one or two more of those Super Bowls coming up, and he might achieve another ring or two, maybe even four. But having said that, a lot of people are really sick of Tom Brady. And why is that, you ask? Because 
Tom Brady is probably the only quarterback out there who doesn't get up close enough to kick a field goal. Most other teams, that's the only goal that they have basically is to get the first down and then get close enough to kick a field goal and get a lousy three points. I like watching a good game as much as anybody else. I don't particularly care which team it is. You know, I like to see a nice ball thrown down the field, a nice catch, some nice groundwork. But when I start watching these games, and it's nothing but turnover after turnover after turnover after field goal after field goal after turnover, I get a little tired of it, and I change the channel. This Super Bowl, the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history, was pretty much turnover after turnover after turnover after field goal, like I said. But it was interesting in the fact that both teams were playing great defensively. They were on top of each other's quarterback the whole time. The quarterbacks couldn't spend much time in the pocket and throw the ball any great distance down the field. Which is what made it a really challenging game is like watching a mirror image of one team playing off of the other. Sometimes that's what you gotta do. Like Edelman said, Julian Edelman, the receiver for the New England Patriots, he said, it's not exactly a pretty win but we'll take it. Got them the Super Bowl, right? But you got to figure probably the greatest achievement of the Super Bowl was the fact that Tom Brady and his team won by only achieving one touchdown and two field goals. No other quarterback can say that. A lot of quarterbacks can say that they won the game by achieving one touchdown and two field goals. Pretty much all of them can say that, and uh, that's a good win for them. But not the New England Patriots. Not many quarterbacks can say that they won the Super Bowl only scoring one touchdown. That right there in itself is a record. So basically, the only record left to achieve for Tom Brady and company is to win a Super Bowl with a shutout. He's got four years left to play. He's in good health. He's got a good team. We're not so sure about the Gronk, but the Gronk will stick around. He had a really good time during the parade the other day. We all saw that. They were all horsing around, dancing. He ripped off his shirt. He's kind of crazy. He's full of life. Everybody loves the Gronk. He loves being the Gronk, he said. And this story right here is interesting. The first one we're going to lead off with. It says, Gronk gets bonked by a beer can during the Super Bowl parade, right? And they told people, don't throw beer bottles or beer cans. I don't know why anybody would. You know, what would possess you to throw a beer can or a beer bottle or a rock or anything for that matter goes, right? 
Rob Gronkowski, the New England Patriots star tight end, says he got hit in the face by a can of beer thrown during this past Tuesday's Super Bowl victory parade in Boston. Gronkowski told The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon the can drew blood, and he showed Fallon the small cut it left near his eyebrows. He said, I'm just chilling, and then boom, pop full of beer can right in the face, he says. The same thing happened to Red Sox manager Alex Cora during October Parade in Boston to celebrate that team's World Series title. That prompted Mayor Marty Walsh to warn Patriots fans, as I said, not to throw anything at the team. Doesn't sound like you're a fan if you're throwing a beer bottle at the players when they're coming by in the duck boat parade. Sounds just the opposite. Organizers say 1.5 million fans turned out for the Patriots parade to celebrate New England's sixth NFL championship. You know, folks, once Tom Brady retires, it's going to be a sad day. And football's not going to be worth watching anymore. And the haters out there aren't going to have anyone to hate anymore. But you got to give Tom Brady credit for this. Whenever a team plays Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, they're pushed. They're forced to do better than achieving a lousy touchdown. I mean, field goals, I'm sorry. They no longer have the goal of getting close enough to kick a lousy field goal. Every team knows that when you play up against the New England Patriots, you're going to play like you've never played before because you don't want to be publicly humiliated by the ending score of possibly 50-3. to three. And that happens a lot when people play the New England Patriots. They get spanked. Right? You know, the score could be 42 to 6. You don't want to go home and face your friends with that score. So these teams are forced to play better than they've ever played in their life, in my opinion. I've always said that when these teams play the New England Patriots, in their minds, they're probably playing in the Super Bowl, which a lot of these teams never get to. So they can honestly say, and all the haters out there can say, that the New England Patriots make your team a better team. I think we might go to a song here. Maybe we'll go to a little Led Zeppelin. This is an oldie but a goodie. Basically all Led Zeppelin songs are oldie but goodies. They're supposed to be going out on tour again this year to celebrate their 50th anniversary. You believe that? Led Zeppelin's been around for 50 years and they're still packing the stadiums. And I wouldn't even want to know what the prices of these tickets are going to be, if you could even get one. 
So this song right here is called When the Levee Breaks.
All right, and that was When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest bands in the world. Been around 50 years, and they're going out on tour this summer, hopefully. Like I said, they won't be coming around Vermont, that's for sure. Going to be hitting some big arenas, I'm sure, and I wouldn't even want to know what it's going to cost. So I saw this article right here. Howard Dean, remember him? Former governor of Vermont. Ran for president. Sat on my show on public access television, VCAM, Vermont Community Access Media. Lou with the Cowman Show, live calling every week. And I said, people don't know Howard Dean. Just like they don't really know Bernie Sanders. But once he gets to open his mouth and people learn who Howard Dean is and what he's all about, they're going to be turned off. And mark my words, didn't he do exactly that? Howard Dean opened his mouth, gave the so-called Dean screen, basically lost his mind on world television. And that was the end of his presidential political career. But this article says, Howard Dean weighs in on current state of U.S. politics. I think I'll pass on his opinion, don't you? Same thing with Bernie Sanders. He's been a socialist all his life. Then he goes to Burlington starts the Progressive Party. Then he runs for Congress. He's an independent, but he always sides with the Democrats. Now he's basically coming out of a closet as a socialist. Doesn't care who knows anymore. A lot of people think that a socialist is basically the same thing as a communist. They want to take everything that you have and control it. They're all that way. They're all claiming now that they want to tax you 70 to 90% of your income. Can you imagine that? You work hard all your life. And some of these people like Bernie Sanders, who's been riding the gravy train all of his life, He's never actually worked a physical day in his life. He came to Vermont as a draft dodger, conscientious objector. From what I hear, he was hanging out with the circus smirkus people. And then when the draft was over for Vietnam, he hung around Burlington, Vermont, got a lot of the college kids all riled up. He started the Progressive Party with people like Ed Flanagan, Terry Bracious. Terry Bracious was on TV, said that when they started the Progressive Party, they didn't even know where the bathroom was at City Hall. Now look how far they've come. Last I heard, Terry Bracious was running the company that controls the Diebold voting machines. 
and we've all read some pretty bad articles about the Diebold voting machines. They say they don't even meet the minimum security requirement, and they've showed on TV, they've actually showed kids that were like in the third grade can hack into the Diebold voting machines on their laptops and change the whole outcome of the election, any election, basically, within a couple minutes. It's amazing, isn't it? I've always said one of the most sacred things that you have in this country is your vote. And then when we say all these articles about voter fraud, Diebold voting machines getting hacked into, a lot of people, their ballots aren't even counted. You know, I find it really disheartening when people are in the military overseas fighting to defend our rights and they vote absentee ballot and a lot of times those ballots don't even get counted you know if it wasn't for these people in the military guarding our rights we wouldn't even be voting and if people like Hillary Clinton were to become president She's even claimed, her and Obama and the Democrats, they want a new world order. They want to drop the borders. They want to flood the United States with people who we know absolutely nothing about. And we see a lot of that going on over in Europe right now. France is no longer the country of love. A lot of people are afraid to go to Paris, France, and vacation. See what's going on over in Sweden. They talk about women can't even walk down the street without being accosted or sexually abused or raped right in public. I saw an article of this guy, he was on Facebook and he was in a little town over in England and he was doing Facebook Live and all these Muslim people were walking down the street and he was asking the question what happened to the English people that used to live here they basically all got forced out and people from the Middle East had taken over that's what's happening through a lot of the countries over in in Europe they're being invaded basically it's okay to come to the United States the legal way we're all welcomed here it's a melting pot I like meeting people from the other side of the planet sharing their culture with them a lot of them are very polite honest decent people but then you have these other people that are right on Facebook Live burning the United States flag in whatever country they are chanting death to America they want to come to the United States they don't believe in the Constitution they don't want to assimilate they want Sharia law to take over and if that were to happen folks a lot of people that wouldn't have any rights 
and they would end up dead. And all the women would end up underneath a burqa. So, I say to you ladies out there, you've come a long way. You used to have a commercial on TV saying that. You've come a long way, baby. Remember those commercials? Well, women have. And they don't need to go backwards. That's a fact. So, one thing we can't do is let someone like Hillary Clinton get voted into office. Because, as I said, she wants to drop the borders. She wants to flood the United States with people we know absolutely nothing about except they hate the United States and they want to change the United States. And they even say, all the Democrats, they publicly say they want to rip up the Constitution and rewrite it to meet the 21st century. Well, if you drop the borders and flood the country with people we know absolutely nothing about, there will be no need to write a constitution because if everyone floods the United States and they do not want to assimilate, I don't care what constitution you write up. They don't want to go by the constitution that we have now. The Democrats don't want to go by the constitution that we have now. And we've all seen them out on tour. Obama, Hillary, Bernie Sanders, they're all out on tour telling people to resist, resist, resist. You know, in my opinion, they're whipping everybody into a frenzy. Has a rippling effect. What is the cause of such effects? Well, as we've all seen, one of the people that worked on Bernie Sanders' campaign drove his car up to a congressional baseball practice and he got out of the car and there's two different fields one was Republicans and one was Democrats and they were practicing for a game and he asked the people that were standing there he said which field is the Republican team on and someone pointed out the Republican team to him and he walked over and commenced the shooting, the players. Some of them died. Some of them are crippled for life. Congressman Scalia's, he got shot in the hip and the bullet fragmented and the hip fragmented and tore up some of his uh, major intestines like his liver and kidneys and whatnot. And he had to go through multiple procedures and surgeries. He's better now, but he'll never be 100%. Right? It's not good. I don't believe in these people going out on these resistant tours. I don't believe that the Democrats are what they used to be. They're being taken over by socialists slash communists who want a new world order. In the days of uh, John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, Democrats were different people. 
They believed in Camelot. But I believe those days are gone. Bernie Sanders, when he started the Progressive Party and became mayor of Burlington, Vermont, he married his wife, Jane. And 40 years or so ago, I don't believe anyone was allowed to travel to Russia. We were kind of in a cold war with Russia and it was pretty heavy back in those days. We were just coming out of the era where children were told to hide under their school desk if they heard a siren go off because that was a good indication that we're being attacked by Russian missiles. I remember those days myself. But Bernie Sanders married his wife, Jane, and they traveled to Russia. Would you consider that Russian collusion? I would say so. Did he have to have permission from someone to go to Russia? Written permission? I would assume so. So then when Bernie Sanders came back from Russia on his honeymoon, him and his administration created all of these sister cities throughout the USSR. You have to ask yourself, why? Why would he do that? You know, I don't believe it's the business of a mayor of a town who back in those days probably had a population of approximately 35,000 people. It's not the mayor's business to go creating sister cities throughout the USSR. It was totally unheard of in those days. Is that Russian collusion? I would definitely say that was Russian collusion, wouldn't you? So, so Mueller, James Comey and their coup, should they be investigating Bernie Sanders for Russian collusion? I would definitely say so. It's been over two years they've been investigating President Donald Trump for Russian collusion. They're investigating him before he even won the election, stepped foot in office. Remember that time that uh, Obama was sitting on a stage and he shook that guy's hand and he didn't know that his microphone was turned on and he shook his hand and he told him, he says, after the election, I'll be able to help out you Russians even more. Was that Russian collusion, folks? Definitely, most definitely. Did they investigate Obama? No. Did they wiretap his offices or his phone lines or anything? Nope, not at all. So, you know, I'm all for investigations, but if you're gonna investigate, you can't be one-sided about it. You can't investigate the Republicans when all the guilty evidence leads to the Democrats. 
But we have a new attorney general coming in. He's going to be sworn in next week, they're saying, Mr. Barr. And he's been attorney general before, so he knows what it's all about. And hopefully he's going to get to the bottom of this. Because in my opinion, folks, the White House, they have their own team of investigators. Trey Gowdy, Devin Nunes and those guys, they all seem pretty straightforward. They're all about the law and upholding the Constitution. And they're into looking at both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats. So hopefully they're on top of all of this. Because as we all know, and I've said on this show for two years or so now, you're finally starting to hear all this in the last month or two on shows like Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, CNN, MSNBC. You're starting to hear it finally, what I've been saying for two years or so, that Robert Mueller, James Comey, a phony dossier comes into their lap about Russian collusion with Donald Trump. They knew that this phony dossier was paid for by Hillary Rodham Clinton. They knew it was phony. Did they research any of the information on this phony dossier? No, they didn't. But they all got together and they decided that they so much hated the fact that Donald Trump became president and Hillary Clinton and the Democrats didn't gain control of the presidential office. So knowing that they had a phony dossier in their hand, paid for by Hillary Rodham Clinton, they decided to go forward and bring it in front of four different FISA court judges, knowing that all this information on there was bogus and paid for by Donald Trump's opponent in the presidential race, Hillary Rodham Clinton. They decided to go forward with this information, folks, and try to unseat the President of the United States of America. That is what you call a COUP, C-O-U-P with a capital C. That is the highest form of treason in our lands. And if our founding fathers were in here, they would march each one of these treasonists out onto the lawn of the White House and hang them all by their treasonous necks. Maybe if they're in a good mood, they give them the choice of the firing squad. But either way, it would not be tolerated by our founding fathers, most definitely. We'll talk about that some more, and then we'll get into some local issues. This is a good article right here. Bobcat caught on camera outside of an Essex Junction shopping center. First, we're going to go to a song by Blackstreet called No Diggity. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. 
Once again, you're tuned in to WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Attracted honeys like a magnet, giving up orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies, Black Street Teddy, the original love shaker. Yes, just me, and that's how a player's got to be. Stay kicking game with a capital. 
but a goodie from my friends out on the west coast in Thousand Outs, California. We're spreading out. Getting into podcasting. And I started off the show today and I'm recording a podcast for Anchor, which kind of threads out to other places like Spotify and whatnot. I think it spreads out to about eight or nine places, as far as I know. Most people, they do podcasts are a half hour long. Some people, they're about an hour long. But my show is two hours. And Anchor allows you to record for an hour. And then it shuts off automatically. And then you got to boot it back up and go for another hour. And then splice it all together and publish it on Anchor and it'll spread out. And I'm almost going to be uh, recording. I was doing an audio on the laptop also. But then you have to convert that and upload it to YouTube channel. So I decided today I would just try recording a movie. So you can all see my ugly face on YouTube once I upload that also. So we got a lot going on in the studio here. And I'm a one-man army. Everybody knows me. I've always been a one-man army. I've been a public figure most of my adult life. I've run for uh, mayor of city of Burlington three different times as an independent. That's always been interesting. So I'm going to go on to that Bobcat story I was talking about right now. And it says, A wild wildlife sighting in Essex Junction, Vermont, that was caught on camera. And what appears to be a Bobcat was spotted in front of a strip mall in the video. The cat runs in length of the stopping center, kicking off the storefronts. So he was kind of horsing around this Bobcat. Kyle Stevens, who shot the video, says it was the first time he'd ever seen a bobcat try to rob a Rite Aid. <laughs> I don't know. Got a lot of drugs in that Rite Aid pharmacy. A lot of people hooked on opioids. You never know. It's possible animals could be too. They're telling people don't flush your medicine down the toilet because it ends up into our drinking water sometimes. You know, the whole lake is so polluted, full of old prescription pills people are dumping down the toilet. It's crazy to think that there's that many people on prescription medications 
that they would actually worry about them being flushed into the toilet and somehow get into your drinking water. City of Burlington, for instance. Everything goes into the sewage treatment plant down on the waterfront. Gets somewhat cleaned. Then it gets discharged out into the lake. And further down, they have the intake pipe, which draws in water and gets purified for our drinking and bathing and whatnot. So, they say, well, the current doesn't flow that way from the sewage pipe down to the drinking intake pipe. It's a lake, right? It's a lake. The current just flows everywhere. Especially if you've been listening to my show and you know that I've reported here on a weekly basis that, for instance... That week, the city of Burlington dumps 7 million gallons of raw sewage into the lake. The next week, Winooski dumps 2 million gallons of raw sewage into the lake. The week after that, it's Rutland. The week after that, it's St. Albans. Then it's Newport, and on and on and on. I estimated that last year, I read on my show, that these treatment plants throughout the state of Vermont have dumped 100 million gallons. And I didn't make a mistake, folks. I said 100 million gallons of raw sewage into our waterways, which most likely end up in Lake Champlain. Can you imagine that? Then they wonder why the lake doesn't freeze. Maybe it's so full of raw sewage Maybe that's the cause that it's not freezing. I'd like to see some surveys on that. But you won't. So I'm going to keep track of the time. I've got about seven minutes left before my recording shuts off for an hour. Then I'm going to have to reboot it on Anchor to record for the second hour. So when that time comes, I'll play another song, which will try to kick into the spot in between. That'll have less time to edit. So it's a first-time thing, and eventually I'll get it down. It'll all be pretty smooth. This article right here says, Plans for a music venue and more on Burton's Burlington campus says we're getting an inside look at plans to create an entertainment complex on Burton campus in Burlington. And it would be at 152 Industrial Parkway, which is the warehouse building right next to the Burton's main offices down on the end of Pine Street. Now we're having some issues with the Mac. You know when you're flying by the seat of your pants doing a live show, folks? It's always something, isn't it? Seems to be getting it straightened out here. All right. So, it says, this would be the higher ground performance venue. Basically, it's just a big box at Justin Worthy of Burton. Walking into Burton's warehouse, you'll see this open space. 
Burt bought this building in 2007 from General Dynamics and GE left in 2014. It's essentially been open and unused since then, Worthley said. But if all the plans fall into place, it won't remain that way. He claims the space is just perfect for what we're looking for, said Alan Newman, the co-owner of Higher Grounds. Newman says the high ceilings and large room fit the music venue's bill. They have been looking to move from their South Burlington location and need a big open space that isn't terribly expensive, but because it will Who wrote this? Kind of got it all messed up. Sometimes when I'm reading these articles, it's like whoever printed these things and put them out there for the public, they didn't really take the time to read it through and do any editing. But it says they'll only use it 100 or so nights a year after you get through all the garble that they should have read and corrected before they put it out there to the public. It's a good deal for them. It's a good deal for us, and hopefully it'll be a spectacular deal for the people in and around Burlington, Newman says. Burton's project is by no means a done deal just yet. The city council still has to approve the zoning changes that would allow higher grounds to move in, and then they would also have to get a permit for some of the work that needs to be done. Well, you know, folks, they used to have concerts at the Memorial Auditorium on Main Street, but they put an end to that. It was a small place. And I really enjoyed seeing some concerts there because you could get right up to the stage and be actually just a couple feet away from the people playing on the stage. It's a very personable experience. I saw a bad company there. I saw George Thorogood there. I saw Tragically Hip there. All these bands were ex excellent. And then they used to have concerts up at the ski resort in Stone. But they put an end to that too because I guess the neighbors were complaining saying it was too loud. So then they talked for a while about building a new stadium up to UVM and it would be most beneficial for their ice hockey team. But that never happened. Then they talked about building a stadium over at the Essex Fairground. And then it got into like a contest between Essex Fairground and UVM campus. And neither of them ever happened. So then basically Higher Grounds came along. And they put on a lot of good concerts. A lot of them are free or they're like 99 cents to get in. And now, they've outgrown it. And they're looking for someplace bigger. And they believe that this warehouse that belongs to Burton Snowboards is the perfect place. Well, let's hope that something happens. I've always thought they should uh, redo the Moran plant down on the waterfront. They could have concerts there and all other kinds of sporting events and whatnot. And then if they ever did build the Southern Connector... People could leave the concert, go right down the Southern Connector, just a couple or so miles away, get on the highway, and bam. 
no traffic congestion. And maybe Pine Street wouldn't be so riddled with potholes like it is. But that's another story. So my time is just about up for the podcast. And I'm going to be shutting it down and kicking over to the next hour. So with that, I'm going to leave you with a Metallica song called Cyanide. And once again, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll be back here in a moment.